It's HealthWise with Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. And some great news. It looks like four out of five Malaysian kids with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, a childhood cancer, can be cured. Their chances have improved dramatically over the past four decades. This achievement from a rate of approximately 40% 30 years ago is largely due to collaborative research, development, and multi-agent treatment protocols, better lab tests, also overall improvement in supportive care. I think this is wonderful news, but would, you know, the similar type of treatments work for adults? Yeah, I think this is, the thing is now they are able to, you know, do a lot of new sort of tests where they can do your sort of genetic variants you have and then they can use a lot of targeted therapies. That means the therapies are more targeted towards the, you know, treatments that will work for this sort of gene variants and this sort of disease. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is happening in adults. So, I think better and better they call it RNA sequencing that is coming out to look at uh, the variants you have and then from there they can actually see what is the best sort of therapies uh, that are coming up so we're calling these biologics or targeted therapy immunotherapies these are all the new words that we are using and uh, it's actually very exciting for a long time cancer there was nothing much they thought was improving but recently the last five to ten years a lot of these new immunotherapies are coming targeted therapies are coming where gene testing is helping to know whether which drugs will work and i think this is only really going to get better and better and i at this rate i hope cancer can be you know something curable in the future definitely um, yeah. what can expecting parents do to maybe reduce chances of um, leukemia for their children I mean I don't even know if this is avoidable yeah I mean if it's uh, something you know variants you have I suppose again you know avoiding toxins while you're pregnant uh, you know taking a healthy diet and of course when the child is born making sure that they are not you know exposed to too much of toxins or chemicals mm-hmm. And these are some of the things you can hope that will then prevent uh, you know someone from triggering off a cancer. All right. Well, coming up next, it's ADHD Awareness Month. Um, how can diets help with those with ADHD? Well, Dr. Rajbans addresses that next. After Mike learns to rock, you took my heart away on light. On HealthWise, we've got Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. October is ADHD Awareness Month, and ADHD is uh, Attention Deficient Hyperactive Disorder. It's a behavioral disorder that typically manifests as a persistent pattern of inattention and hyperactivity, impulsivity. And um, I guess the question here is, uh, you know, though it's unclear what actually is the cause of ADHD, how can diets help for those with ADHD. Yeah, I mean, here is someone who is very hyperactive, you know, uh, and they got what they call uh, attention deficit. You know, they just uh, can't concentrate long. And, you know, here's a child who runs around very active. And uh, one of the things they told us, whether giving them too much of foods that are high in energy, you know, give them too much of sugar fruits, for example, can actually make it worse. So that was one of the theories they had. But just to be careful here, sometimes just careful you don't over-diagnose because at one time people are over-diagnosing ADHD. You know, someone, some hyperactive kids who, just get bored in school who don't like the you know mm-hmm. uh, you know so and uh, you know so you have people like uh, Edison and Einstein were labeled as uh, you know people who are stupid because they were not paying attention in school because they just that was too boring for them right. you know so you must be careful that we don't over label someone who is attention deficit or someone who is hyperactive just because they are a you know yeah. active child so you must make sure that the diagnosis is correct because sometimes they do end up 
taking medication so the must be diagnosed correctly mm-hmm. before we just some say someone got age you know the hyperactive disorder but suppose your food is concern go back to a healthy diet avoid too much of sugary foods that are high energy yeah and carbs i guess you know yeah, processed carbs are foods. the main ones like you worry about yeah <laughs> okay um is there anything an expecting mother can do to reduce uh, the chances of adhd i mean one of the risk factors they talked about us you know pregnant moms having been on alcohol or drugs and things like that mm. i suppose there are other toxins that probably can do that so again when you are expecting avoid anything that can be toxic to the baby all right coming up next is red meat truly unhealthy well new studies show that maybe red meat is not after all we uh, will definitely take a look at that study next after shanice i love your smile on light On Healthwise we've got Dr. Rajbans here with us and uh, if you have been cutting back on red meat because you feel it's unhealthy well that is the standard medical advice to prevent cancer and heart disease but a review of uh, dozens of studies has concluded that the potential risk is low and evidence is uncertain that's interesting isn't it Dr. Rajbans Yeah I don't know because uh, if you look at the people who live in the blue zones you know the the longevity areas in the world uh, I think a lot of them have very low consumption of red meat so from there I think we can postulate that you know red meat may not be the best thing for longevity yeah. and then of course there was uh, studies that show that red meat can increase the risk of certain cancers so there's other thing but I think more worrying the red meat is just not the red meat is the way the meat is prepared you know mm-hmm. preserved meat meat a lot of preservatives a lot of chemicals the way they cook it you know sort of yeah. uh, all the antibiotics, antibiotics they give the animal yeah, so I think it's a combination of a lot of things uh, if you can get just uh, organic fat free you know so red meat you want to take once in a while I don't think so that should be an issue because okay. one of the things that the Okinawans do is they do take you know for example pork is one of their, their diet in their diet mm-hmm. they don't take a lot but they do take so so I think it's again the amount you take and you know the yeah. the type and uh, how often so uh, have a variety of uh, foods of course plant based diets are still the best mm-hmm. now one of the things of course people say is you need the protein and the iron and I think that can be got from many other sources yeah. you know protein ions even from vegetables you can get iron and okay. protein so, so if you were a vegetarian for, for example uh, where would you get your uh, iron from I mean what vegetables would well, Popeye the seller told us what to do you know <laughs> just take uh, spinach, <laughs> spinach and you got enough iron and uh, I think a variety of vegetables will give you all the amino acids you know so you know so mm-hmm. I think that shouldn't be an issue So how often would you recommend actually consuming red meat for those who want to continue consuming it? I suppose once or twice a week if you yeah. you're taking one portion or two portions a week shouldn't be an issue those that take every day and take a lot I think that's where the issue is okay well another issue that we find quite prevalent and pervasive in Asia are those skin lightening creams and uh, the latest study is to avoid them at all costs we'll be taking a look at that after Matthew Wilder break my stride on light On HealthWise's morning, Dr. Rajban's president of the Malaysian Wellness Society and on BBC Health. They're warning us not to, by trading standard officers, a lot of these uh, skin lightening, skin whitening creams actually contain bleaching agents that act like paint stripper, which is quite alarming, really. And especially in our Asian culture, skin whitening products are very dominant on the market. What should we watch out for ingredient-wise when it comes to these creams? I think you have to be very careful. One is the 
source of where the creams come from and uh, the second is what they contain and i think if you're getting any cream make sure it's from a very reputable manufacturer skincare, yeah. yeah skincare product and uh, you read the label carefully to see what is inside there because a lot of this like they say bleaching agents and other chemicals mm-hmm. that are actually very toxic so instead of getting you might get a bit more fairer but you might create a lot of other toxins going into your body can yes. cause a lot of other issues yes in fact the bleaching agent hydroquinone i think that's how it's pronounced um, and also mercury are kind of included in these creams and uh, what does mercury do why why would they need to add that in creams i suppose it's how it whitens the skin <laughs> but uh, you know mercury is a metal it's a poison, you know, it's yes. a poison yeah and uh, even a little bit of mercury can cause a lot of uh, symptoms in people you know from headaches to even up to neurological issues so mm-hmm. i i think if possible yeah make sure where you get it from any possible stop it you know yeah because you see the, the, the skin that you're born in is is perfect as yeah, it is yeah that's right all right well coming up there's a revolutionary new drug for prostate cancer and we want to know more about that with Dr. Rajbans next here on light on HealthWise this morning, Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Now, Olaparib could become a revolutionary treatment for prostate cancer. It's the first genetically targeted drug for fighting the disease, say experts. And in fact, the NHS in the UK are already using it for ovarian cancer and has been called a game changer by cancer doctors. It shows that it can slow tumor growth in men with advanced prostate cancer, though not all. Um, your thoughts on this, Dr. Rajbans? Yeah. I mean, this again part of the new targeted therapies. You know, where today we are looking at uh, when someone gets a cancer, they look at it, you look at the genetics uh, behind it, you know, look at the genetic variants, mm-hmm. and then see which uh, therapy will work. And if you have the variants, certain targeted therapies will do very well. I think breast cancer is one that has been really in advance in looking at all these, and treatment is really getting better. Soon, other cancers now prostate, ovarian. So, I think this is the way it's going. Uh, the new targeted therapies, immunotherapies are coming looking at your gene sequencing so mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to get better and better i think this is just the beginning of a new wave of treatments uh, you know for all this and i think even malaysia we are already going into all this type of uh, therapies technology, and technologies yeah? yeah so i think it's going to be very exciting uh, that's one good thing where if you have a disease like cancer you know go and see your doctor go and see an oncologist and they will know what's the best for you yes um this particular drug olaparib is it safe because it's been used for ovarian cancer yeah i mean none of these drugs have they are fully safe you know i mean they have all of them will have their issues the toxicity that's why you must right. be monitored by someone qualified and not just anybody can give these medications mm-hmm. so your doctor will know what sort of dosages he will know what sort of side effects that might be there so he can warn you and uh, then they will know exactly what to do if there is any issues all right well dr rajbans it's been enlightening thank you so much for joining us this morning thank you and that was dr rajbans president of the malaysian wellness society